it's not so easy to change banks, right? It can be a real pain in the rear. And so, and because it got resolved, that is not something I was thinking about. But if this was my hairdresser that had created some kind of barrier that was this extreme to me, would I change? There's a good chance I would. If it was my dog groomer that had created this many barriers for me, would I leave? There's a good chance I would. So this is where we can unintentionally be running our businesses and deterring people or, or having a hard time retaining customers simply because we haven't taken a step back and looked at some of our procedures and some of our policies from the customer's point of view. You are listening to The Infinite Franchisee Show. I am your host, April Porter. I am a franchisee empire building strategist, creator of The Infinite Franchisee Program, attorney, and an award-winning multi-unit franchisee on a mission to fill the gap between the franchise model and the executive level strategies you need to increase profits, build a team, and scale into multiple locations. Here, we connect every franchisee to infinite possibilities. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And last week we weren't here because we spent the previous seven days doing live sessions uh, through the masterclass, but we're back to once a week and we're so happy that you are joining us. So in today's episode, we are talking about the barriers in your business or potential barriers in your business. And this is something that we really need to keep our pulse on at all times. And the way to do that is to get away from being Bob. Nobody likes Bob. <laughs> Bob stands for business owner bias. And so often we look at challenges in our business and we also look at opportunities in our business through the lens of being the business owner. And that leads us to believe many times, oh, this is a great idea. This is the way to solve it. Or this is going to work out really well for us. It's going to protect us from A, B, and C. And we implement that. And maybe it is good for us, but maybe it's not great for our customer. And when it's not great for your customer, guess what? They won't do what you want them to do, what you need them to do, what you'd like them to do. They're going to do what they want to do and what feels good to them. So today is a reminder to take the Bob's glasses off and look at things through the customer point of view and try to identify where you may be putting up an unnecessary barrier. I'm going to give you an example because this happened to me recently. I actually needed to add my bookkeeper to my bank account so that my bookkeeper could get into the bank account, review our statements, and put that information directly into the books without me having to be involved, right? That's what we want. We want people who have a zone of genius in an area to be able to take that area and complete all tasks in that area 100% without us having to take time, energy, or money to do it ourselves. And so the bank is actually set up to do this. 100% they are set up to provide access to the account to a bookkeeper where they can see the statements, but they can't mess around with anything in there, okay? Now, I had gone into my business banking online and I had tried to click to be able to do it myself and it said I had to call the bank. So I called the bank's number and I said, hi, I'm trying to figure out, I just need to add a bookkeeper with access to my account and I can't quite figure it out in the online portal. And they said, oh, well, 
you can't do that online. You have to go through someone here at the bank. All you have to do is leave her a message and she will add it for you on the back end. Great. Could you transfer me? I leave that woman a message. Later, I get a call and she tells me, oh, I can't do it because there's still one piece of information missing from your account. And I need that piece of information. I said, well, what is that? She said, your email address. Now, as a customer, I'm thinking, I receive all the emails from you to my email address that are associated with my account. So how could it be missing on the back end, right? And I said, okay, well, that's easy. I can give you my email address and we can get it taken care of. And she said, oh no, you're gonna have to go to a branch to give them your email address and sign a form that it is your email address. And I try to explain the woman, I'm like, but you're already emailing me at the email address. It's already connected in some way, shape or form to my account. So why would I need to go to the branch? The closest branch for this particular bank is over 30 minutes away from me. And so I explained that to her and she's like, oh, well, we just have to do it in person because we have to verify it to you. I said, could you send me the form? Could you email me the form to the email address that you have on file somewhere and that I want to put on file in my account and then I can sign the form and email it back to you? She's like, no, I can't do that. You have to go to the branch. So I call the branch and I talk to the branch manager and I'm like, does this strike you as unnecessary? right? Does this strike you unnecessary that I would have to drive 30 minutes to sign a form about an email address and drive back when it's obviously already attached somewhere? And so he agreed. He said, let me see what I can do. And ultimately he emailed me the form and I signed it. Whew. But that took a lot of time and energy on my part as the customer. And if I would have had to drive to that bank, it would have taken me an additional hour to drive a round trip not even including the time inside the bank, much less the frustration. And I was losing time on getting that information to my bookkeeper. Meanwhile, I was still having to scan in every statement and send it over to my bookkeeper. So the direct consequences and the collateral consequences of this barrier that the bank had put in place was high. It was a lot of inconvenience, a lot of time, energy, interruption to my day when I'm getting the emails back with new instructions and telling me I need to do this or I need to do that. And the solution was pretty simple, right? The solution seems pretty simple. Now, the banking industry obviously has a lot of regulations, right? They have to be able to uh, verify that it's me. So an email address getting attached to an account is not going to derail all the communications and possibly even access to that account to someone else. And I understand that. However, in this particular situation, it wasn't about verifying the email address. It was already attached. It just wasn't attached somehow to the online banking system. So luckily I reached someone who had some, in my opinion, as a customer common sense and made it happen from through email. But here I am talking about it right now on this show and it shouldn't be that hard. It's not that hard. What they were looking at was they were looking at what do we need to do to protect ourselves? This is the policy in all instances of this. We just need, always need a form signed with an email address on it. They also 
didn't want to go look up the forms that I had already signed with the email address on it, right? Because I was inconvenient for them. So they stuck to this policy and I got passed around and around and around. And it was all looking at it from that business owner perspective of this protects us. This is how we do it. I don't have the authority to change the way that we do it. And so I'm sorry, this is just what you need to do. And that's the answer I got as a customer. Now, banks, lucky for them, it's not so easy to change banks, right? It can be a real pain in the rear. And so, and because it got resolved, that is not something I was thinking about. But if this was my hairdresser that had created some kind of barrier that was this extreme to me, would I change? There's a good chance I would. If it was my dog groomer, that had created this many barriers for me, would I leave? There's a good chance I would. So this is where we can unintentionally be running our businesses and deterring people or, or having a hard time retaining customers simply because we haven't taken a step back and looked at some of our procedures and some of our policies from the customer's point of view. I'm going to give you another example that frequently happens. And for those of you that are franchisees, this may be completely out of your control because your franchisor often controls everything about your website. But if this is the case, you need to go to your FAC and you need to advocate to remove these types of barriers from your website. So this barrier happens when I'm a customer and I want to receive more information, or I kind of want to check out something. I want to explore all of the details before I commit to coming in for a, an appointment or a consultation. Now, when I go to the website and I want to click in order to get that information, if it asks me for too much information up front, I may abandon the website before I get to my goal. So let's say that I want more information, but I keep getting pop-ups to give me the text, my phone number for you to text me discount codes and things like that. I don't want a discount code. I don't even know if I want your service. I just want to explore and see if it's something that I want. Have any of you experienced that? That's happening more and more when you click from like a digital ad over to a landing page, you're going to get this pop-up and you can't look at the products or the services or the prices until you fill something out. An email address, a phone number. That makes me bounce every time. Another barrier could be that I'm ready to purchase from you, but when I go to purchase, you want to know my life story. You're asking me too many questions. You're asking not just for my name and phone number and email address, and then you're asking for my address associated with my card and my card number and everything else, but you're also asking me a few questions that are going to make automation on your back end easier, but for me, it's just too much. I don't have time for it. Maybe I'll come back and do it later. So that could be another barrier. Another thing could be, I want to make an appointment with you, but before I can see when the available times and dates are for appointments, you're asking me for my name and email address at that point in time before I even know if our schedules line up. I might bounce then. So you want to look at some of these little procedures that you're forcing your clients to go through, particularly if it's the stage where you're trying to get them to meet with you or you're trying to get them to make a purchase and evaluate it and ask yourself, is this causing friction to my customers? If I was a customer who had to jump through these hoops to reach my objective, would I continue? And maybe even ask some of your employees and some of your current customers or friends and family. Now, don't say, look at my website and tell me, would you do this to purchase? Because then there's already a bias. They like you. They know you. They trust you. They know what you sell. 
and they want you to succeed. So it's very easy for them to say yes. Instead, put it into the context of a hypothetical. If you were going to go, if you wanted to click on a digital ad and look at a product that you just saw on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, wherever you found it, you wanted to learn more about that product. But before you could move on, they tried to capture your phone number or your email. Would you put it in knowing that you might get a coupon? You still don't know if anything about the product or service, or would you just leave? So you can ask people these types of things, give them the scenarios and they'll tell you like, oh no, I'd just leave. Like if they want my personal information before they're willing to tell me anything about their business, mm -mm, that feels scammy to me. It feels gross, right? So so find out what, what barriers may be in your business and then start to pull people hypothetically about them. That's going to give you some real time, honest feedback to evaluate whether or not you're putting up barriers in your business. Now, this can also be in with your employees as well. So think about that too. What are you requiring of your employees? What type of friction are you making them or hoops you're making them jump through? So when they're clocking in, what does that process look like? If you find that your employees many times are missing a process, they're not completing it or they're not completing it to the fullest standard that you have, Go back, put yourself in the employee's shoes and find out if you've just created it too many steps. Is it too hard? Is it unpleasant? You know, makes them feel icky for whatever reason. Like for instance, if somebody wants an excused absence from a team meeting, then the only way that you'll excuse them is if they're, you know, sick and you require them to bring a doctor's note and they're not doing that or they're coming to a meeting actually sick because they don't want to go bring you a doctor's note, right? So these are just some off the cuff examples, but look at where things are happening that like you wish they were happening in another way. And instead of putting the blame out there on the customers or the employees, take a step back and say, let me look at this from their perspective and where are they feeling friction? Are there ways for me to meet my objective while removing that friction? And if the answer is yes, do it that way, right? Because that is how it's a win-win for both you and the object of your affection. <laughs> the, it's a win-win for you and the person who is meeting the objective you're, you've set out, okay? So... I'd love to know from each and every one of you if there's an area of business right now that is a bit of a headache for you, where you see people doing the same thing over and over again, which is not what you want them to do, right? Maybe you have a digital ad out there and you're getting a lot of feedback that people are going to the landing page, but then they're not putting their information in. This is an indication to you that there's some kind of barrier. Something is in the way of them converting. So. Where is that happening in your business? And you can actually start meeting some more of your objectives. Have an awesome week, everybody. Tune in next week for another great business building tip. And until then, we're wishing every single one of you sanity, wealth, and gratitude. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you have gotten on the wait list for our swag conference, where we're going to have three full days of hands-on exercises that move you forward in your business and get you implementing multiple strategies while you're with us 
can be rolled out to your team and you can begin seeing results on them the following week. So make sure you have, you've joined that waitlist so you get all the details about the conference and the tickets when they go on sale. And until then, we'll see you next week. Thank you for setting aside time to grow your business and mindset with me today. Every franchisee has a dream to achieve sanity, wealth, and gratitude. And I created this podcast to help you do just that. So if you loved what we covered and you know someone who could benefit from it, I would be honored if you would share it with them. Between now and next time, don't you dare settle for anything less than infinite success.